0: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the D1 Sports Medicine Podcast. Today we have with us Dr. James Benevitz from the Klenzitzki Orthopedic Spine and Sports Medicine Clinic in Stevens Points, Wisconsin. Uh, Welcome, Doc.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Today, uh, with with spring and summer sports coming upon us, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about shoulder injuries, some of the prevention strategies, and when to seek care uh, for our shoulder problems. Uh, any any ideas or thoughts on that?
1: Well, uh, uh, obviously, if you can prevent injuries, that's the most important thing. And uh, there are a number of things that you can do to try to help be ready for that. Uh, uh, certainly, overhead injuries, uh, shoulder injuries are a common problem with overhead sports. Uh, throwing is the one that you think of the most, baseball, uh, but also swimming, ultimate frisbee, volleyball are all uh, sports that can generate shoulder injuries. And, these can lead to pain, of course, and lost time from sport. Um, so, in, in terms of preventing or minimizing them, uh, uh, there are a number of principles that are important. Um, first of all, of course, is proper and safe technique. Um, we see this a lot with baseball. You know, a kid wants to pick up a couple miles per hour, and of course, everybody in the house got the radar gun, and and you know they're all focused on those miles per hour. You know, you start. Dropping your arm a little bit and you can maybe pick up a mile or two Of speed but the problem is now you get yourself into that zone where you start having injuries and uh, um, uh, So if you talk to coaches if you talk to former players, you know They'll all tell you that the proper technique is the most important thing and if you develop that proper technique You can you can get speed, but if you start sacrificing technique for speed then all you're going to wind up with is injuries that, that take you out. So proper and safe technique is really important. Working with uh, uh, pitching coaches, people who know know what they're doing uh, uh, and can help you develop that, it's really important. Uh, people talk a lot about when to introduce different kinds of pitches, for instance, for throwers, and almost every Major League Baseball player, if you ask them, you know, when, when should you start introducing your, your off-speed pitches, Almost always say, well, a couple years later than when I started throwing those off-speed pitches. That's
0: right. We we had one of our other physicians tell us here recently that uh, when you're old enough to shave, you're old enough to start introducing those pitches. So, yeah,
1: uh, yeah, and I think the biggest reason isn't even necessarily uh, um, injury prevention as much as it is the it's the fastball that's going to get you there. And so, uh, the, the when you start introducing other pitches, you're not working your fastball as much. And, and so then uh, you stop developing the fastball at the pace you were before. Um, but with all these, you know, the, the important thing is proper and safe technique. And, and the same thing goes for other sports. You know, when you're, when you're uh, striking the ball overhead in volleyball, uh, uh, you know, to have your shoulder blade positioned properly when you go to make that strike is really important. Uh, so it, it's true for, for all sports, proper and safe technique is really important. And of course uh, the next the next thing is fitness um having proper muscle balance and i often use the analogy that uh, um, uh, body's not a car but in some ways there are things that function like a car if your alignment's off on a car uh you have problems and you know you can you can go and and uh, start changing the tires and so forth but you're still going to have a problem until you fix that alignment well you know fitness is kind of the same sort of thing if you want to do a given activity you have to have the right muscles doing the right things the right way if you don't have them tuned up and ready to go then uh, uh you're not going to be very successful that sport um and we, you know we have a lot of kids that they sit on the couch all winter and then they come out and they want to you know pitch baseball or pitch softball or uh, you know, be involved in these overhead sports, and, and, and then they get into trouble because they're not fit. So uh, um, so your off-season conditioning and training is really, really important. Um, and uh, uh, if you haven't done that, then you got to realize that your entry into your sports season may have to be a little bit slower. But uh, um, obviously, I highly recommend that if you're interested in doing sports, that you have a fitness program. Um, you know, of course, working with a D1 facility is the optimal way to do that, to, uh, to have yourself fit and trained and ready to go. So you don't do the sport to get in shape. You get in shape to do the sport. You know, that's, uh, that's an important principle that uh, that people need to be aware of. And then even if you've been doing fitness stuff, when uh, when you're getting ready to approach that sport season, you need to ramp up your activity. Uh, uh, to, to be ready for the season. So, of course, throwers, you know, baseballs, people are pretty good about this. You say, well, okay, if we're going to start the season in March, we better start throwing in February. You know, if we haven't thrown since November, we got to get, we got to start throwing to get ourselves ready for this. But that's that's really true for any sport. You know, if you're going to run cross country, you don't go from zero miles to, you know, all of a sudden I'm running 40, 50, 70 miles a week, you know, all at once. You got to say, okay, what's if I haven't been doing it for a while? What's my ramp up where I'm gradually doing more? So the first day of practice, I've already been working out to that level with that sport. Because of course, you can you can lift, you can run, you can be doing all kinds of fitness stuff. That's not the same as as throwing a baseball or or you know your volleyball uh, striking patterns. So uh, so you gotta you gotta ramp up for that for that season. Um, now, once you're in the season, uh, uh, one thing that I, a lot of people neglect is, is warming up. And I think a lot of people don't understand necessarily what that means. Warming up is literal. So when you need to warm up, that means you need your body to be warm. You need to be sweating. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a temperature thing. When your body's warm, your connective tissues have more flexibility, so they're less prone to tear. When you're cold then they're stiffer and they're more likely to tear. I actually had a really good demonstration of this with one of my college baseball teams a couple years ago. They were playing a game in April, and it was actually snowing, and it was really cold, and both teams' bats were were not working, and neither team had gotten much offense going. We get into the sixth or seventh inning, and all of a sudden the one team's bats got hot. We had five hamstring tears, five plays in a row, on the defensive oh, wow. team, because they're standing out there, freezing cold. And uh, uh, you know, when they got to go make a play on a ball, you know, they were just they were just tearing like mad. So uh, you, you know, if you're out there playing defense and uh, it's cold, well, you got to be doing jumping jacks. You got to be running circles. You got to be doing something to keep your tissues warm. You know, wearing more layers of clothes so that when when you need to make that sudden athletic move your tissues are warm and and, uh, and they're less prone to tear. So uh, um, so warming up, you know, can be anything. It doesn't matter exactly what you do. Uh, it can be anything that will get your heart rate up, get you sweating a little bit, you know, get your body warm so that uh, um, so that everything's more flexible. So, uh, you know, that's that's obviously really important.
0: And I think that's where kind of maybe some people don't understand where, where a warm-up is actually – dynamic in activity it's not standing there bending over touching your toes it's not uh not so much of a static movement but it needs to be more of a dynamic activity to really get that heart rate up
1: right and then the thing is you are you're actually trying to increase your body's temperature you got to break out into a sweat you know and uh you know stretching people talk about stretching and warming up i mean when they do studies look at injury prevention if you if you if you stretch and warm up that helps prevent injuries if you just warm up you get the same effect if you just stretch it really doesn't prevent injury so you know mm-hmm. between stretching and warming up it's the warming up that's really important so you know stretching's fine but but you really need to warm up so like you said it has to be dynamic because you know you have to get your body temperature up all
0: you right know? so even if we do all these things traumatic injuries or overuse injuries are still bound to happen so when at this point do we seek care from the medical profession?
1: Well, uh, um, the first thing is the obvious ones. You know, I mean, if you have a if you have a kid that, that that falls and they have a deformity, you know, their wrist is bent a funny way, you know, their shoulders obviously dislocated. I mean, you know, that's that's easy, right? I mean, right. you know, you need to, you need to go seek medical treatment for that. Of course, a lot of times that's not the case. So you know, if you don't have a a big deformity. If you can move the limb and and uh, um, uh, you know gently, and it's not causing a lot of trouble, then you can really start with rest and ice. And and one of the uh, one of the important things to realize is that uh, if you have a fracture, for instance, if you broke a bone, even if you rest in ice, it's going to get steadily more painful. And uh, and so if you're resting in ice and it's getting more painful, then that's something you're probably need to going to have someone go take a look at. Um, so, uh, so oftentimes, 10 or 15 minutes can give you an idea about how emergent you need to be in terms of getting treatment with an acute injury. It's important to remember that emergency rooms and urgent care centers, they tend to be slow and they tend to be expensive. People think that, well, that's where you get super fast, definitive care. That's not really the case. I mean, what they're looking for is, how can I keep this person safe until they can get, you know, uh Outpatient care somewhere down the road. So if you have a, if you have an injury that's that's relatively controlled, you know you might say, well, you know what, we'll we'll call the clinic in the morning. You know we'll go get this looked at if it's something that's kind of under control. If someone's miserable, then obviously you gotta you gotta get them quicker. Um, but uh, if it's something that you could call a, call a clinic the next day, it's going to be a lot cheaper, um, and you'll get the, the definitive care. Whereas if you show up at the emergency room. It's going to be more expensive and uh, and they're probably just going to stay to the clinic the next day anyway. So that's, I think that's important, some important principles. Um, for overuse injuries or minor injuries that just aren't persistent and don't want to go away, well, you know, at some point you got to decide, I need this looked at it. I think the big things are if it's something that it's a little worse each time you, you try to uh, do your sport. Um, if it's something that a couple weeks have gone by and it's just not really getting better, those would be reasons why you want to you wanna get this thing looked at, taken care of. And it's important to realize that if you, uh, if you have an injury and you're neglecting it, um, the end result may be that uh, it requires more treatment, more involved treatment, um, and potentially more time out from your sport. Um, one of the advantages of having athletic trainers Uh, involved in sports is that people get things taken care of sooner, and then they wind up having less time lost from sport and and, uh, less involved treatment. To give you an example, ankle sprains, you know, when I first started in this business, we did a lot of surgery on ankle sprains because people sprain their ankle and sprain again and sprain again. They never got treated. By the time they come in, the ligaments are gone, and we have to go reconstruct them. But nowadays, you know, people more sensitive about it. They sprain their ankle, they go get treated, and then you know they're back at their sport quickly, and they never wind up needing surgery. So, uh, um, so you know, you want to you want to get in relatively early if you have a nagging thing that's not going away, so that hopefully you don't miss time. You know, a lot of things. If you have a little stress injury, for instance, we may be able to keep you in your sport and just modify your training a little bit. If you wait till it fractures. Well, now you're getting a nail put in your bone, and, and you know, your season is over. So so uh, I, I think it's important to realize that, you know, get things looked at early, get them taken care of. You know, maybe you don't have to miss any time from your sport, and maybe the treatment's a lot less involved.
0: Yeah, with, uh, with a lot of the sports that are going on now with the Little League uh, kind of getting ramped up, uh, especially here down in the South, um, what do you see from – like a little league, uh, shoulder standpoint.
1: Well, uh, the, the classic little leaguer shoulder is irritation of the growth plate, um, at the, that attaches the ball to the rest of the upper arm bone. And, uh, when that growth plate gets irritated, it gets painful and, uh, um, and, uh, uh, people can actually fail through it. You can wind up breaking through that growth plate, which is obviously a, a bad thing. One of the, one of the interesting things about kids pitching is, uh, um, is that uh, when you put those loads through your body whether it's your elbow or your shoulder uh um you know they can cause some some trouble there and actually the, the the better of a pitcher you are you know the more you can get your muscles to really accelerate that ball the more force you put through those joints and and the more risk you have of injury so uh first of all pitch counts are really really important and, uh, and pitch counts aren't just important in your main season. They're equally important when you're doing your, you know, your fall ball or your winter ball. you got to keep track of those pitch counts. Um, and the thing is, is that the better of a pitcher a kid is, the fewer pitches he should throw. And uh, that's kind of counterintuitive. You think, well, my best pitcher, I want him to throw the most, right? So we're going to win the most games. Well, if your kid's a really talented pitcher and you're winning a bunch of games that, you know, the – the eighth grade level, but he wrecks his shoulder or his elbow and, and never gets to pitch in high school or college. Well, that's really unfortunate, right? So you have to keep that in mind, and particularly, you know, your your youth coaches. Hey, you know, if this kid throws ten more pitches, maybe we win the game, but maybe he never pitches again the rest of his life. You know, that's just silly, right? And I and think those of- are,
0: those are the patients that we end up seeing in the therapy realm the most are those kids that the coach is just really riding because that coach wants that one more win. He wants that one more championship. Uh, and it's not always so much about the kid. It's a lot of times it's about the coach or the parent, but those are the children that we end up seeing, whether it be for elbow pain or shoulder pain uh, down the road.
1: It's absolutely true. And then you go to a college baseball team and uh, and uh, talk to those kids and you'll find that most of those players were pitchers at one point and then they threw too much, they injured their elbow, they can now throw five or six times from the outfield in the course of a game, but they can't pitch anymore because uh, because they've done damage to their shoulder and their elbow. And uh, and so you're thinking, wow, so here are all these kids that potentially could have been pitchers that are not anymore because of what happened in sixth grade, eighth grade, freshman year you know, in, uh, uh, in high school. And, and I think a lot of times parents need to be really conscious of this because, you know, they're working with different coaches through the course of a year and not all those coaches are going to be equally aware of, of how to manage this. Um, but, you know, if you get on, you know, the National Youth Baseball Organization, I mean there's all kinds of information that you can get about pitch counts and, and how to do that. Uh, um, so, you know, as a parent, as a player, as a youth coach, you need to be informed. You need to look at that and, Need to be focused on what we're really doing. Here is developing these kids. So if we wreck the kids to win one more game, it's uh, uh, we're we're definitely not achieving our purpose.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, other other than Little League elbow, what are the things are you seeing as far as injury and overhead athletes?
1: Um, shoulder instability is a is a common problem uh, um, where uh, you, you're, your the ligaments relax and and so uh, I mean, of course, we need a lot of motion for a lot of these activities, you know, pitching, swimming, uh, a volleyball, so uh, uh, people can start developing instability where the ball doesn't stay centered in the socket. Um, and that's something that again, if it's, if it's a long-term chronic problem, you can often get that better with rehab, you know, and, uh, and uh, uh, particularly working with a D1 PT, you know, the D1 style of therapy, perfect for someone with some chronic shoulder instability, to to really work up-tempo, get those muscles working properly, you know, keep that ball centered in the socket. If it's, if you let it go on too long and it it gets too unstable, well then, you know, it may be that you're going to wind up having surgery. Um, If you have a dislocation, so maybe it's a baseball player sliding in a base, uh, football, of course, basketball, ultimate Frisbee, people dislocate shoulders. You know, you stretch out to to, uh, get a Frisbee and land on their shoulder. If you dislocate, the the literature really shows that it's best to fix those right away. Um, The results of repairing them after a first dislocation are much better than if you wait until you've dislocated six or eight times. Um, And so, uh, uh, so that's something where with with one first time dislocation, find yourself a good sports medicine guy, go in and get that fixed. And, uh, uh, and uh, your long-term results will be a lot better. Um, Same thing with, you know, if you have a, a big slap tear, you know, a cute big slap tear. Some of the smaller ones rehab, we have, we can get them under control. You got a big one, you probably ought to get it fixed sooner than late rather than later. For your, for your you know, uh, uh, adult athletes and for a small population of young athletes, and pinching which is pinching of the rotator cuff can be a problem. I actually have seen some high school and college kids that get pinching of their cuff. And, you know, again, work with PT, we can often get it better. Um, if it's an acute thing, sometimes an injection will help. Um, some of them have abnormal anatomy where we try all these conservative things and can't get them better. We have to go in with a surgical telescope and, uh, and release them. Um, I have a person who works with me that we met because she was a college javelin thrower, and, uh, um, and we wound up having to do a decompression for her, and then, uh, um, you know, cutting some of the tissue that was trapped in her top. Successful college career. Um, so, uh, um, those are, those are some of the, 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 more common kind of shoulder things that we see, uh, internal impingement is something that pitchers and catchers get. So they pinch the back of their joint capsule so they get posterior pain, pain in the back. And again, early, you can treat it conservatively. If it's, if they got a big bunch of heaped up nasty scar back there, you're going to have to go and, and scope that. So, you know, if you can, prevention and, and early treatments much better than, than late, um, shoulder blade uh, problems, people not controlling their shoulder blade properly, that leads people to problems with instability or, or uh, impingement type problems. So, you know, if you watch uh, uh, watch someone raise their arms overhead and you see one shoulder blade that, that wings out, that comes sticking out, that's someone that, that needs to work with PT and get those shoulder blade muscles working properly so that uh, uh, they don't go on and develop some of these other other problems. Um, biceps tendonitis, you know, is a common, common thing that we see, uh, um, uh, AC joint pain. So uh, separate, which is a shoulder separation. People take a blow to the shoulder and get pain on the top. Uh, um, again, can often, often be cared for with, with rest, with anti-inflammatories, with injections. Sometimes occasionally they need, uh, uh, they need surgery. I think those are probably the, the most common, uh, types of things that
0: we see. When, when you have these patients and you send these people to therapy, are there things that you're seeing from the therapy world that you would like to see more of? Or maybe there's things that you're seeing that you would like to see less of?
1: Yeah, I, that's that's a very good point. Um, I think the important thing to realize about physical therapy is we get back to that, the, the car and the alignment thing. Um, when we send you physical therapy, what we really need for them to do is to evaluate what's going on with your with your muscles and your joints and and get those things back in alignment get those things back working properly um you know there are things you can do to, to try to help with with pain relief or you know get people some kind of short-term relief but the important thing is we got to fix their system so that it works properly um and uh, one of the important things about that is that and this this comes from my my PhD in neurophysiology, you know, beyond beyond my MD. Um, when you when you learn a new method, you know, like let's say your your pitching is off, so now we gotta we gotta teach you a new method. Um, or you're working with PT because you're not controlling your shoulder blade, and we gotta teach you now to to throw or to swim, moving your shoulder blade properly. Uh, the first thing you gotta do is you gotta slow that that movement down. And uh, you've got to work it slow because your brain needs to do more processing to figure out how to do it right. And uh, um, and then as you do that more and more, your, your, your brain and your nervous system gets more efficient. You can start speeding it back up. But it takes a lot of repetition to get an abnormal movement pattern to work normally. And so this is where, you know, you come in, you see your D1 PT, you work, do a lot of exercises with them. And then you got to go home and you got to do those exercises all through the the week or, you know, until you see your your therapist again. I think that's really important for patients to understand. And I tell people, don't just do your exercises one time a day. I mean, hey, if it's bedtime and you haven't done your exercise that day, all right, do some exercise before you go to bed. But I tell people, try to split it up and do exercise all through the day. You know, uh, if you're watching TV, do some exercise every time the ads come on. I tell people put a note on the bathroom mirror, put a note on the door coming in from the garage, put a note on the refrigerator. Tell all your friends and your family to remind you, and do your exercise all through the day. Because if you get if you got to fix a problem, you got a shoulder problem, an elbow problem, you're working with PT. They're giving you these good exercises to do. The more you do them in the day, the faster you're going to get better. The sooner you're going to be back performing at a high level in your sport.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, you're going back to fixing the problem is, is the biggest thing. So how do we fix the problem? And just because it's a the patient comes in with a, a shoulder issue doesn't mean it's always just a shoulder issue. I think in baseball players, uh, the hips come into play so much, and a lot of times therapists miss that. And, and I think uh, I can speak highly of D1 and the way our therapists are trained, uh, that we look at the whole body and make sure we are fixing that problem. We're not just... Putting a band-aid on the shoulder until that person gets back on the mound, and all of a sudden that hip gives us an issue again, and then we end up with further problems down the road.
1: Oh yeah, I, I always am telling baseball players, you know, I ask them what what part of your body you throw with, and of course the kids all look at you like you're an idiot, and they say, well, you <laughs> throw with your arm, right? And I tell them, no, you throw with your entire body.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You, your throw starts at your feet, and uh, and you use every muscle from your feet to your to your fingertips. To throw that ball and actually throwing a baseball is uh, about four times the amount of energy it takes to kick a soccer ball so uh um so yeah i mean that's that is really important uh um that you're looking at hips you're looking at core uh you know of course people come in they got they got patellar tendonitis you know and so oh it's a knee problem well you have shock absorption at your ankle at your knee at your hips at your back so if the rest of that system is not doing its job there's no way you're going to get that knee problem better. So, you know, you got to look. We call it a kinetic chain. You know, you got to look all up and down the chain and make sure that everything is working properly. The pain might be in one spot, but the problem might be somewhere else. The pain might be in your shoulder, but the problem might be in your core.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah, that is critical.
0: Uh, If you had to give kind of a a take-home message for today for everybody, what would that be?
1: This is what I would tell you, when you're thinking about a sport that you want to do, uh, um, the principles you need to follow to be ready for that sport, you need to be fit, so you need your body to be in good shape, you need to be prepared. So uh, you need to you need to have yourself set up, trained up, ready to go. Um, you need to be active, you know, we, it's being active is so important for your whole life. And then, once you're doing your sport, you need to be vigilant. You know you need to be paying attention am i having a problem am i having an issue and then finally you need to be proactive if i got something going on i need to get that taken care of right now and not put it off
0: very good so be,
1: fit, be prepared be active be vigilant be proactive
0: well dr benowitz we appreciate your time today uh if you're in the stevens point wisconsin area please go see dr benovitz at klesinski orthopedic spine and sports medicine If you are not in the Wisconsin area and you'd like to find a D1 Sports Medicine physician partner near you, go to D1SportsMedicine.com, click on locations, uh, and find a location near you. Thank you again for your time today, Doc.
1: Thanks, Tom. Have a good day.